Welcome to The Few, brought to you by Zappo Bank. In this series, we explore the extraordinary journeys of a select inspirational few whose quiet revolutions have sparked change across the globe. Their stories are those of vision, tireless dedication, and unwavering belief. Stories that echo our own. What we see in them, we see in ourselves. What they believe, we believe. And that when human ingenuity and determination come together, anything is possible. In this episode, I'm joined by the multi-talented Sia Medane. He's an award-winning hip-hop artist, a die-hard basketball fan, and an accidental entrepreneur. I always feel like when life is the hardest, God is just trying to remind me that you're not a sacred cow. You still have to work to be alive in this world. Being alive is not for free. The mind literally accepts anything. If you tell the mind it's small, it will believe that. But that person that's telling you that you're small, they're probably smaller. Siabonga, Temba, Otemba, Medane. Yes. Those are your full names. Oh man, sounds right. Sounds right? Yeah. So it's not Temba, it's Temba. Yeah, I don't know. Temba, uh, Temba. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm Zulu and then my other side is uh, is Shangan. You know, do they even say, do people get offended when they say Shangan? I think Tsonga is also, Tsonga and Shangan are the same thing. I, you have no idea. Tsonga, man. Tsonga, Shangan, Shangan. So when people don't want to say I'm a Shangan, they say, no, I'm Tsonga. <laughs> Well, I'm interested. Where does Slicker come from? I know it's like so basic, but yeah. I'm, I'm curious. It came from the basketball court. Believe it or not, um, I used to have like long, um, I used to make my own S-curls. I used to do homemade S-curls because I couldn't afford to go to a salon. My parents, when they took me to the salon, were like, cheese cop. They were just cutting your hair. Hey, man. Anything was, else was expensive. Just cop was 10 rand pumendabin. Okay. You know? So um, then we discovered this thing called, like, pomade. Now, discovering... Oh, I remember pomade. Yeah, now, I this, remember. It now, was a big thing in Joburg, though. Yeah. Yeah. Pomade was, like, today, in today's time, like, discovering that you can actually get your music to a streaming, to, to, uh, to a streaming company without a recording label. Okay. Like, pomade was, like, the independence of hair. Oh, really? So, yeah. Tell so, me, tell me how, how. How do you... How do you connect the, the two? It just, you see, what happens is that the gatekeeper for music is always the labels, right? The gatekeeper for dope hair was the salon. Okay. Right? Okay. So now you're like, your pomade <laughs> literally is like the distro kid of like hair, you yeah. know? So like now I'm at home, I do my own skills. I just needed to buy the pomade. And I had like this, like, you know, little comb and you like, so I'd do my curls at the top. My curls would be here, but here on the side, literally like it would like lie down, <laughs> like this you know? <laughs> so um, when I'd go to the basketball court, they'd go slick, they slick. And then, you know, and then like a guy called Peter Lynch, who still is a very good friend of mine, um, literally like um, said, you slick, it's slick. So they started calling me slick in the basketball court. So I always called myself um, Phantom, you know? Um, and I said, Phantom Slick. Then then I dropped the Phantom and I had this idea that one day I'll be somebody in my life. And um, I literally, I want to always know where that started from, yeah. you know. And I said, I'd drop Phantom and I'll just keep Slick because that was given to me yeah. um, by a community. Mm-hmm. And and that's what it is. So the name comes from the community of Leondale. It's called Slick. Why did you think you were going to be something one day? 
I still think I'm going to be something today, to be quite frank. So it's a lingering thought that hasn't okay, stopped. Okay. You know what I mean? I so still think what's I'm the gonna... root of this thought? Um, it's just like, you know, you, you got you to gotta just like, um, you got to just feel special, hmm. you know. And I think um, you forget to feel special. We what forget. made you feel special? Um, I, I felt special because, you know, um, there were things that like, uh, that I would have wished when I saw other people have, I would have wished to have, but I never had, you know. Um, and um, and the more I kind of saw other people having things, I kind of wished to have those things, but I never had them. And, and it would make me feel like there's something missing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then one day I was like, wait, but like... Um, maybe I have something too, you know? And um, so, you know, starting to wish for what people had changed to wishing wishing that I had something. And, um, and wishing that I had something was the journey of discovering what do I have? What can I contribute? Mm. Having faith. And, and, and then you grow, as you get older, you see how different your life has been. And you kind of don't think that that's the difference of your life, but that's what you contained. Yeah. That, that, that was like almost like the ingredients yeah. inside of you, yeah. you know? So I think that like it's the journey. And like, as you, you know, when, you, when you're a teenager, it's like, what do you have that makes you a teenager? When you're in your 20s, what do you have? It's like now when you're a parent, you know, whether you are you're in a marriage or you're, in, or you're going through a divorce or whether you're raising your children, it's still, it's still, it's still what do you have in these circumstances? That, that is lit- unique to you. Yeah, that literally will make you A, um, feel the pain of the things you're going through and B, overcome the things that you're going through. Because it's that, what do I have that literally allows you to embrace pain and, 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 um, and have the confidence to overcome also? It's when you feel you don't have anything that you are constantly like, like you, you constantly like, like feel like Low you vibration. can't get out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, so it's the idea of being special. I think I've been, even now in my life, going through a lot of things. I've, I've been feeling extra special in my hardest part of life. I always feel like when life is the hardest, God is just trying to remind me that you're not a sacred cow. Yeah. You still have to work to be alive in yeah. this world. You yeah. know, you have to work to be alive. Mm. You know, being alive is not for free. Yeah. You know, so that's what it is. So that, so, so for me, it's that, it's that idea of um, I always used to look out, but then, I, then everyone was like me. I, I feel, I don't, I think that the difference between Patrice and myself is his bank account. Yeah. But, but he, but but he, but he's just nothing, just like I am, you know. I you believe know, that both of us can just get hit by the same car and die the same way, you know. So when you kind of remove the things of the world, then you kind of realize that everybody is adding to the world. So yeah. when you keep on looking at everyone in the world, you are doing less adding. You are becoming a spectator. So you got to literally go, how am I adding? How am I contributing? You can contribute as a leader. You can contribute in something that somebody's already doing and going, oh, this is what this person's doing, but this is where I can add value. You see, it's like Steve Jobs never started like, um, wasn't wasn't building like the Apple machines. He literally was like, he could have been the mind, but Wozak literally was the mind. So yeah. if Steve Jobs was like, I can't build a machine, I'm not going to do anything. He wasn't. He he literally wouldn't have been a contributor. Yeah, gotcha. But the value of the vision, the value of like just like going, I think this is what this can be. Even if you don't have the skills, literally, you have to believe. You you also have to believe in your in your mind yeah. because we people who we people in a world that's created. So why do you think that you gonna you literally have to stop creating 
but you should literally worry if you're literally creating something that people are not familiar with because it's like, what is he doing? But just know that like, that's just important as the tangibles of life. The idea, ideas are just as important as the things that are already existing in the world, you know? So what I'm getting from you is from a, a young age, you you created a world where you defined the rules and you decided that you were special regardless of what looked special outside because you didn't have those things. It did not mean that you were special in your own way. Yeah, and I, and I also had a... And this really shocked me because I also had a grasp of like of universal... Um, the universal movement of things without me knowing that, oh, it's the universe, you know? I mean, I remember when I was young and because um, I, I I mean, like my son, you know, we like, I talked a lot, you know, I literally just like, and I and not just talking, I had views of my own that would make people uncomfortable or or I wouldn't, I wouldn't see things the way other kids see them. I'd always question things, you know? Um, to a point that like at my school when I was like in standard nine, the teacher said to me, if it's in grade 11, you yeah. know, a teacher, a, a teacher <laughs> said to me, you know, if you just keep quiet a bit, you know, you could probably be like a, a prefect, you know, but, but from a child and I'm saying when a child six, seven, eight years old, I was the smallest. So I was the one that's like, was, was, uh, pushed around. I was the one that was teased. I was the one that like was beaten up cause you're speaking a lot and, you couldn't fight back. But in my mind, I always thought, hmm, I think this person is taking advantage of her, of, of me because they of their size. I know I can't get them back, but something will get them back. Yeah. I understood I understood the universe from yeah. it. And it wasn't of like like a um like you know, Ukloya, like ah, you know, yeah, like yeah. this is what's yeah. like But it's just understanding how the universe works. I, I I understood that from like before I was even like ten. And from like six, seven years old, I knew that like they're gonna push me around because I'm the smallest guy. They're literally going to squash my views because, because like, you know, no one expects me to say this, you know. But I know, and it's not a physical, I know emotionally if someone hurts me um, and it's not fair, um, something like the, 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 in the world, there are bigger things in the world. I had that concept in my mind and it only dawned on me like a year ago that um, actually I've always been think I've always felt there's something bigger yeah. than just me. I've always felt there's something working and there's something protecting me and all of us um, because no one is literally, no one has the power to make you feel like you're smaller. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like the mind literally accepts anything. If you tell the mind it's small, it will believe that. But but that person that's telling you that you're small is because they're probably smaller do you understand? They, they feel what they are projecting to you. And they've probably also been made to feel that way. If you had to speak about the prominent caregivers in your life when you were much younger, who were they? And what do you see as some of um, the influences that they've had on you? I feel like I've been passed around a lot. <laughs> you know, taken, taken. Um, my, but my mother obviously literally was, was, was working as a nurse, working at night. Um, at times, I know apparently my father used to like also take care of me um, as a kid, which I wasn't aware of changing my napkins, blah, blah, when my mother is out there. Um, I know that like, um, and no, man, if you, he, he was changing old school napkins. Today, changing a napkin <laughs> is easy. It's like, you know Just what I mean? Just yeah. like taking it off, dumping it somewhere. Yeah, you know what I mean? So shout out to him. 
But I mean, for me, more than anything, it's been women in my life. Um, I'm picking that up. Yeah, I'm picking that up. It's been women in my life, but there's always been a sense of caring and nurturing and and kindness and 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 help, you know, and helping. Um, I've never heard my 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 mother curse. I've never even I've never even heard my sister curse. Neither let alone my cousin, you know. And if I'd spend time in during holidays, it was my uncle. Um, and you know, what was the core thing in my family was love. And um and I struggle with that because the world is doesn't have love. Um, we get into relationships with people, personal, da da da, da um, and you kind of realize that people's basis is the point of departure is not love. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I struggle with that because there's motive in in a, in in a lot of things in relationships with people. So I'm from a space of love, and you learn to to stop seeking and just start like being in your own space and. And um, and and praying for the right people to come in your space. You know what I mean. You mentioned that you heard that your father changed your nappy. Um, it's a very interesting way of talking about your father. Is is he someone that was not in your life at a, at a particular phase? Well, my father literally has always been in our lives. I mean, he's a taxi. He was a taxi driver. You know, I remember he bought like a a, a super T taxi, like them old taxis that. And literally got into the taxi industry. And then when he got into the taxi industry, he basically like, um, he basically like um, got one, two, three taxis. And obviously the tax world is a tax world. But um, my father, obviously I, I could only see who he was as I grew older. But he's, he got dementia like at least like 12 years ago mm-hmm. when I wanted to now ask him questions. But when I pick things up, you know, the fact that my, regardless of the ups and downs they had with my mother, he he stuck around, you yeah. know. Um, he was uh, he was uh, he was present in our lives as a dad. Like when you're a taxi driver, you go for the weekend, you come back, you know. He was he was present. Um, he he was he was doing what he needed to do as a dad, as an old school father, you know, who was uneducated, finished school. I mean, like when I say finished, well, school finished him in standard <laughs> one. You know what I mean? Um, Did so, you say school finished him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He one. never finished school. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, the rapper in you is always present. <laughs> what can I say? The man never finished school. School finished him. You know, you're like, I know, we're done with you. I think you I'm gonna use that line in the future a lot. Yeah. So you know, he was done like in grade three with school. He literally was studied in in the rural areas he used to walk like 30 40 k's to school um every day i mean this is a guy literally like uh like who grew up rural but uh but he was he was a prison father um when we were wrapping upstairs you know he was just like he never like took anything from it you know um so when i find even he was sort of like a chilled chill kind of soul, you know, um, he is kind of a chill soul. I speak about him because he is like not in his, the best condition I right see. now, you know? Mm. So, um, yeah. So yeah, you know, I mean, my father, when I say you change my napkin, it's like, I'm telling you the taxi driver used to change my napkin. And this is the thing that I struggle with even in today's time where, um, I want to change my kids' napkins, you know. I want to hang around with my kids. I want to literally, like, I mean, I posted something recently where we built, like, a a, a little cupboard with, with my son for the first time, you know. And then the next week they threw a trampoline that I had to build for my daughter because it was her birthday. But I've never, I'm not a handy person, but... But like, you know, I want my kids to teach me to do things that like, I'm like, I'm like, now nah, I'm going to pay for to do that. You I know what I mean? That. So um, I think um, I, I want to get involved, like hands on. And the girl is a challenge because she's three years old. And um, 
and with a boy, you know, you kind of think you, you, you like, yeah, my son thinks he's a, he's mini me, mm-hmm. you know, um, as I said, I came with him yesterday at the hotel, I'm on the flight and he was sitting in the front and already like he was speaking with, like there are two girls he was speaking with <laughs> and, um, and like, I was like, and he goes, no, I don't know this man, you know, he <laughs> says it and he goes in the conversations and he has these heavy conversations with these, with these girls and like when we land, he like grabs the girls and goes, I'm gonna miss you, <laughs> and and like when we're driving here, he goes, "I've got the, I got Rizla, I got the Rizla." You know, I say, "What is Rizla?" You know what Rizla is? I got, I like, no, he goes, "I got Rizla, Bob, I got Rizla." I'm like, what's Rizla? It's like this thing that pulls in the girls, you know? <laughs> Listen, he's a good-looking boy, so I don't think he's going to have trouble in that department. But I think it's amazing how you you have this ability to be. Um, reflective about your experiences and, and, and draw inspiration, I imagine, from stories that you're hearing now about some of uh, the, 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 you know, what was happening when, when you were a child and, and how it's, it's inspiring you to kind of be intentional and develop a, a narrative, I guess, for your own children. I want to hear a little bit about the ecosystem of success in Leondale. You know, every township has an idea of what success is. It could be like that guy that drives the Gusheshe or in the olden days, it's like, you know, if you had a Cressida or if you had a shop, what was the ecosystem of success in Leondale? You know, I was with the Squatter Camp guys last week and we were just laughing because some of the guys are from Heidelberg, you know, um, and it was really me, Smex, and the late Nish, we were from Leondale. And we were like, you know what? Like, um, Squatter Camp, actually, like the beginning of what hip-hop was started in Leondale, you know? Um, the Ranakas, you know, they're from Leondale, you know? Um, we're like, um, basketball actually started in Leondale. Like, like at least like the, the township mainstreaming of basketball started in Leondale. The celebrities were always in Leondale, you know what I mean? They were always like, well, Desmond, Desmond Duve literally is always in Leondale, whatever the case be. Mzwaka Mbuli got shot up in Leondale, you know what I mean? We were like, Dalumpofu literally came with like um, Keenan and Sizwe, like an entity to Leondale outside the house there, you know? Lebu Matosa came to record at the house in Leondale, you know? Tembisiete literally came to Leondale. We were like, you know, Leondale was like, like Hollywood. We used to call it Dailywood. You know, because like there was just this energy of like just progression, you yeah. know, um, this 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 excitement. I mean, um, Torio, Torio, it was produced like in like by a guy who literally like like lived in a flat opposite the basketball in Leondale. Yeah, you know, um, and it was sang by another girl, and Lebo Matosa then ended up singing. Do you oh, dig? Wow. Um, um, Leondale literally like was 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 just like a hub, you know, of just like a um, um, like like progression, excitement. You know what I mean? I mean, um, and and like. And, and, you know, like, I, I just, there was just something in that place, you yeah. know, that like I had to choose, do I want to play basketball or do I want to rap? Mm-hmm. And I chose rap, you know, mm-hmm. um, but there was, it was an incredible space. It was progressive. Um, and um, and I think at the time, man, it was, we, it, it was like young, you know, we, we were young guys obviously from different townships who moved into this place, but we're all progressive. We're all inspired by, and mo- most people were inspired by the world, you know? And um, the beautiful thing is that like, um, I think one thing that I, I feel is great is that 
for myself personally, which really fills my heart is that I was able to go back this year and go buy like kits for for like um, the team, the basketball team, yeah. you know, and um, and they were like, yeah, send your logo, you know, and I was like, no, 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 like, no, 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 the last guys that did it, we'd normally do it. So I just sent my logo and then they sent me pictures of like, um, um, like the, it's like three teams like with with the kids with with the slicker and live thing, and um, for me it's full circle because those kids are playing in a court where my name came, yeah. you know. So it's almost like they're getting exactly what like uh, it's like it's coming full circle, yeah. you know. Those things really are important. And bringing my son, and when Shaka's old enough, bringing my son to those things and taking him through that. Because the big thing, people ask me, the big thing I want is to, is to see him, to also like be able to kind of understand that he loves the fact that like, oh, you come from here. Uh, he respects the fact that like, oh, you used, this is what your life used to be like. So, you know, you always want to, you want um, the foundation to be always remembered, but you also want to show, show him how hard you work, but you also want to show them how much you give. Yeah. You know what I mean? The fact that you still go back even, you know, and you're connecting with the kids there and, and, and what's happening. I want to chat a little bit about that time when you guys start Squatter Camp. And I don't necessarily need the Squatter Camp story. I think that's been told, right? We we all know how how, how that happened. When do you start to realize that people are perceiving you differently yeah. or people are noticing you yeah. on the street and what happens in your mind? I mean, that is not normal. Yeah. No matter yeah. how constant and, and, and affirmed and grounded you are, you're just like, I think a couple of more people are staring at me very differently from the time when I was making the song and now that the song is out. You know, I'm so ignorant, you know. Um, <laughs> I can believe that. I can believe that about you. Yeah, I'm so ignorant and I'm so unaware of what's happening around me. Um, we have this song, Umoya. And at the time, I'm working at like uh, Vits, you know, for a company called Xerox. Yeah. And, and I'm what they call a software engineer. I help to connect the printers. Yeah. Uh, this is probably That's where we met, we met yeah, for the first know? time. Yeah. Um, we've got this song happening. Me... Like, remember, I was catching taxis going to Joburg in the same streets in Leondale, da, 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 So my path hasn't changed. Yeah. You know, still taxi. This song, Moya's big, you know, we're doing shows, da, da, da. I'm, I have no thoughts of China, of like anything else, because I'm like, no, I can't. I'm true to myself. I can't afford the car, but like, but okay, is that what people are saying? Okay, cool. So my, like, my routine hasn't changed, but yeah. this song is big, yeah. right? Um, I get jacked in the middle of town, you know. Um, I, I'm just like, yeah, you know, this happens and this happens to everybody. They take my banana phone. You know, there's a Nokia. Yes, yes, I had those yes, banana, yes, I had that yes. banana phone and that was like, Shh, yeah, you know. Yeah. They take my banana phone. Ah, life is high, you know. Um, you know, I make some money and I go to my father. Also, I go back to my father and go, you know, I, I've got a, I've got 100,000 for the first time in my life. You know what I mean? Uh, my father goes, oh, okay why don't you go buy a taxi, you know? And this is where my first negotiation goes. I go, okay, uh, what happens with the taxi? Then he gives me a little bit about the taxi business. I go, okay, I'll buy it, but you handle the ground, I handle the money, mm. right? As mm. in like, I, I the, the business account, you go on the ground. Okay, we agree, you know, buy the taxi. I'm still walking now, you know? Um, by the time, literally like, um, th and this is my, this is my awareness of, my growth. It's yeah. got nothing to do with the music. It's when I literally do the deal, uh, when I've got this 100,000, and then I kind of go, okay, cool. Um, 
now I've got this 100,000, let me get this taxi. And, um, you know, first two, three months, I'm still walking. I've got a taxi. You know, I got a, I got a whole taxi in the streets, but I'm catching taxis to catching work. Catching other people's you know taxis, I mean? okay. You know, um, four or five months. And then fifth month, I literally buy my first car. And I think for me, it's it's it was my journey of growth. I, I've always been conscious of my journey of growth based on myself as a human being versus the work I put out. Yeah. Because the work I put out, once it's out, it's not mine anymore. You know, once it's out and what people say about it, it's not my opinions anymore. You know what I mean? So um, so it's crazy. I, I can't really put a time to go, this is when my life has changed. This is when people are seeing me. Diff-. Yes, you know, people are going, oh, is that guy, you that guy, you that. But like, but like still, you know, I'm, it's, it's not registering in my head what it means. Obviously, Squatter Camp started as a hip-hop group in my, in my mother's house, but it was the beginning of what like mainstream hip-hop would become. And with this group, this group literally like was 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 the people that God brought into my life who literally like created the space for us to to crawl together so people can walk and fly, you know. And then I've realized the big thing that I've realized right now in my life is like I never got the name slick from me. I got it from a community. Yeah. I never found Flavor. I never found Bozza. I never found um, Nish. I never literally they came to the place. Different people bought them, you know. I realized that the idea of starting like um, this website, ventilation.coza, it wasn't like, because um, that was the first one before Slick on Live. It yeah. wasn't like a, a thing, you know, it, it was an idea that just came to me and Nyanga came to me and he created all this content. He's the one that he literally left this uh, Cape Town to come and find me and meet me. His goal was to meet me. And when he met me, he literally became the first guy who was documenting this idea that I had. I never even knew that. Do you understand? I mean, when he tells me his story that he said that if he has to meet the slick guy, you know what I mean? Um, Then I get into the marketing world and I told Smacks, I said, you know, bro, this thing that we have called fans is what brands call consumers, you know? How do we literally turn the fans to consumers? Those ideas, I never even used the word consumers. I said brands. I never understood that those things have got concepts. It's called consumers. It's called marketing. I just said, Max, we need to just come together with brands. And that's what we did. And, you know, we're probably the first few guys to literally like, um, as an independently owned business, to literally come together to come and work with the brand, you know, um, in 2005. And a brand gives the budget directly to us and go, go handle that. You know what I mean? Um, we're young, you know, it's like now it's common that like creators, artists with like they do events with brands, blah, blah. Right now, we were the first guys to be given that kind of um, autonomy, yeah. you know, inside a campaign. Then, you know, I get into the marketing world and I'm, I'm called a business developer and I've got shares in this. I don't even understand the concept of that, that I, okay, I've got shares in the company under the TBWA umbrella. And, um, but I so don't understand it. I walk away two years later and I go, I think I want to get back into the website. I start building the website, but I don't have the concept that there's an I, these words behind this website is called a media platform, mm. right? Mm. So you build this, this media platform. And as you build a media platform, you're like, how do media platforms make money? So I'm always jumping in later, like, how do they make money? Right. Mm. And you build this media platform and that literally like, 10 years later, which is where we are now, 10 years later, That's crazy. you know, you, you look at it. In fact, it's nine years ago, maybe three years ago, I started saying, I need to actually start distributing the music to streaming platforms. Then you know what? Guess what? Steve Stout comes with this thing like United Masters yes. like a year later, yes. you know? 
Steve Stout. But I've been, the thing is that I'm in South Africa, I've been trying to find the partners that I could do it with, with Slick on Life, you yeah. know? So another thing when you're in the, uh, in the, in the America, sometimes the, maybe the things are close and people get the concepts quicker. So literally, I've been talking about this before Steve Stout comes yeah. in, right? Then I think about a platform where, okay, now if I eventually build distribution, which is going to launch in a month or so, think about it, like three years or four years ago, I think. But then we literally like said, how do we literally pay them? Yeah. Then I build a platform to pay them. Then someone goes, don't, that's what they call a fintech platform. So I never know what I'm doing. Um, but then people always tell me that, no, that's Something like that does exist, but yours is different because it does one, two, three, four. So I don't build things based on, you know, I'm trying to be bigger than this bank. I'm trying to be bigger than this recording label. I'm trying, I just find gaps because I see my people struggling because of the gaps. Yeah. So I'm listening to everything that you're saying and I'm thinking about um, how you described your childhood as being full of love and compassion. And even when you described it at the beginning, you then mentioned how you still struggle with the fact that everything has um, some kind of sinister motive in, in, in the environment that you're in. So it almost feels like you want to bring that light that you experienced as a young kid in an environment where you knew that the, the intrinsic motivation for the action was the love. And you kind of want to carry this light into the environment that you exist in now, which is interesting because then you go on and to build, to build a, a, a platform business or a media and platform business like Sleek on Live, which is also anchored on... Um, user-generated content, content that's generated internally, but also community, right? How do the dots connect from Squatter Camp to Slick On Life? Um, Slick On Life, Squatter Camp was a group of guys, love, my brothers, and uh, Slick On Life, and, but music is at the foundation of it. Slick On Life is strangers, but love. Yeah. You know, people I don't know uh, who, who I just love the music and we want to tell these stories. Yeah. And as a community, we deliberately don't have a run the platform to to be like, like run scandalous stories. It's a music or we're a music platform. We're not a gossip platform. It's music. And the basis of it is love. It's the love for what like music creators are creating and, um, and, and showcasing it really, yeah. you know. So that that that's that's the golden thread. It's love, it's love communal. It's 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 love, but spreading it into a community thanks to the digital world. So what sparked the idea initially? People are not telling our stories. Um, yeah. The artists we don't know who the artist is. Um, we can't get inspired by these stories. We just hear these songs when they get on radios, three minute interviews, or or even if it's thirty minutes interviews, it's in between like ten thousands of ads. You know, yeah. so you don't really get a grasp of who is it. But you do do it when you watch international content. You kind of know who this artist is and this artist is, so you feel you connected to them. But why can't you feel connected to a guy who's actually probably from the same community you from? So I was like, so if that's a problem, who's creating the platform? And that was the that was the motive. This was before YouTube and podcasting became a thing, because uh, at the time there was nothing like that. So that was really the idea: tell the artist story, highlight it, and um, and the simple motive is love. You know. Mm. Do you think those are important considerations when 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 you create just as a an individual that you should have that moment of inquiry around? Am I willing to go all the way? 
Yeah, because you have to, you can't only have the the fantasy of success. You have to also um, have uh, the, the <laughs> I say the tragedy of loss, you know, um, and, but like you have to go um, and, and you have to go, but is this something that like, I think is, and sometimes you have to dream of these things, you know, some of them are dreams, you know, uh, and so like, that literally, that's your unique, when you know that like you are willing to kind of go, I might get away from a certain comfort and comfort is not only monetary, comfort is is the people you are around, yeah. you know, comfort is uh, is um, is your your general default thinking. You could change like your thinking completely, yeah. you know, comfort could be location, you know, I could move, it could move me from where I'm staying, you know. Um, comfort could be like your how it impacts your relationship with your children, you know. Um, so in the in the end, you gotta like tick all those boxes and go. Um, I'm comfortable enough to take it to that level um, because it feels like it is my purpose. It's like I've already made like a disclaimer to my child. I always told him that. Um, remember, I'm living my life. You know, um, I, the only difference is that I need to take care of you. you yeah. Know? But you live in your life, you know, and you don't have to take care of me. Um, I'm going to make my decisions. You have to make your decisions, mm -hmm. you know. Um, we're two different people. I'm just your father, you yeah. know what I mean? So I've, I've, I'm not so, cons although I love my children, I'm not consumed with the idea that, like, our lives are one thing. We got separate lives. We got separate things to do, born in separate times, you know what I mean? Um, so so my mind is always like... Um, it's, it, I, I want to run away from the fantasy of success. People make mistakes when they literally start thinking of the, when they think of the fantasy of success, because then they, then it, it's like you start imagining um, yourself being like this, being like that. So it's almost like you, you're almost trying to feel a deficiency about yourself. Do you know what I mean? Get you. So the fantasy of a success literally is like trying to fulfill a deficiency. But the reality of what can happen, what you can lose, that you're going to be successful. I'm going to be successful. But the cost of success could be this. That literally like means that you really want to make it work. And when you say you're going to be successful, it's because you know the impact it's going to make. You know what I mean? So... I'm at a place in my life where people go, so what do you want people to remind you or think of when you die? I don't want you to think of me when I'm dead. I don't. But you will literally be like doing things that you don't know that like it was the work I was doing behind the scenes for you to walk in that place or be in this space or engage with certain platforms or for you to think in a certain way that you could actually do something. You won't even know that I was a part of that. That's why I'm saying you don't even know that for you to think you could be a rapper was because I and be successful of rappers because of what we started like 20 years ago. You know what I mean? You don't even know that thought. So that's why you also can't be so held up by, I did this. We supposed to like give, release, forget, you know? So, you know, how much do you, how much do you want to, how much do you want to lose? What's the process? Idea, you want to fix, what do you do? Release. You, you, you're part, if God literally plants the idea in your head, if you don't do it and he gives you the resources, he gives it in dreams, he gives it in people, he gives it in time, he gives it in money, he gives it, if he gives you different things that like all of them are coming together, but you're not used to these things at the same time. 
that's a sign. Why are they all happening at the same time? Even the bad one, why is it all happening? If he gives you, oh my gosh, I'm on small. If he gives you all these things at the same time and they're not familiar, you must know that like what you're doing is, a, is, 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 is the right thing. It's, I just want to clarify something. You mentioned um, this uh, idea of, you know, falling in love with the idea of uh, success when you are executing um, an idea or solving a problem. And I think it's important to clarify that that's very different from starting a business with the intention to be profitable. I'm going to say that again. Because they, you mentioned that for you, when there is a, a problem that needs to be solved, because there is this idea that people latch onto, and I guess because we're emotional beings of nobility, and I think I live in both parallels of nobility and practicality, right? And I think, um, and, and, and it's interesting because there's so many um, concepts that are paradoxical in terms of how you pronounce them, but I can understand where they come from because there's a little bit of depth with everything that you, you pronounce. So when we unpack the idea of uh, we have a, a problem to solve, so let's get let's not get uh, too attached or fall in love with the idea of the problem solving this problem, offering us a specific life or a particular life, which you then call this idea of success, is very different from solving a problem through building a profitable business, which then is able to help the entire community, which is then able to move the idea of who we are as a race economically. How do you live in both those parallels? And are there differences? What does that look like? So you know what? You, you, when I say fantasy of success, there's, um, it's like a fantasy of yourself. You're so far from who you are. You have this fantasy of who you're going to be mm. when you become this. Mm. You asked me, when did I? I said, I've always been myself. I don't have, nothing can make me more Sia Medani. No money, no, no I'm just always going to be myself, you know? And the fantasy of success is like the idea of, of um, um, when you in, businesses are different. You could literally be told you're getting a tender to do a, uh, uh, um, to, to build the roads, mm. you know? And that's your business. You do that. You already know that that's a money business, right? If you know how to do the maths, you know how to pro be profitable. That business is built for you to, is, is, it, there's almost like a, a way to literally make that business profitable. Yeah. You know, and there's also a way to make that business have a loss. Yes. So if you that, you, you, you get entrepreneurs like that who literally like are, are fixing what exists. You get entrepreneurs who literally like are fixing what doesn't exist. You know, when you fix what doesn't exist, you move with a lot of faith. When you fix what doesn't exist, you need to fall on your face if like, if it doesn't work because there were things that existed that you could have put your energy in. So I find myself in the space of the things that don't exist. I find myself in giving the love also and the care and like and, and connecting the worlds of this world and that world. And, and I, I find myself giving love in a space where there was no love. I find myself trying to help collaboration and the world to literally work with each other in spaces where people literally are not even thinking of each other or not seeing each other the way. I find myself, so those things don't exist. So if I do have a tender to literally like uh, um, clean the sea or, or, or do the roads, that is, a, there's a model to make that. But someone else who's done it before can go, are ah, you doing this the wrong way? Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. For me, no one can say you're doing this the wrong way. They can just say you, 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 there's a loss here. 
They can just say, how are you making money here? You know what I mean? So for me, I literally not only have to literally like um, um, see the thing, I literally have to see where to find the money. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I need to find the opportunity and create the idea of the money in this world. You know what I mean? And in this idea. You know, not everyone is a new, not every idea is new, but it's in this idea, right? So a lot of the times is that like when you when you talk about when I say the fantasy of of yourself or the fantasy of of success, of success you know like when you literally like are sure that you've got a twenty million rand tender the money is there you just need to do the job you can already like do the projections and you can go ah I'm making a profit of like five million in six months as an example you can have immediately have that fantasy of success. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, and what you're going to do with that five million Mm. if that is success for you, right? But if you're literally like building things, if you're literally are creating, if you're a creator, you cannot live in the fantasy of I'm going to make X amount in this. You got to live in the fantasy of faith. You got to live in the fantasy of this is the impact I think it can make. Mm. This is what it can do for people. You know what I mean? Because you already know what building a road is going to do in a place with gravel. You already know. But I'm telling you now that half the things I'm doing or I've done, I w- I've never known what they're going to result in. Yeah. So that's why it's hard to find even mentors in my space because literally like I literally have to be the mentor, the mentee, the visionary, the vision, literally, the, the, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you have to play all these roles um, for yourself, you know, because it's complex. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why I cannot have a fantasy of my success in my personal capacity. Mm-hmm. And and I can't even have a fantasy of myself like, oh, I'm so noble. I want to... That's not my thing. I, I'm just feeling this right now. I'm so selfish to do this thing to help. If it's helping people, I'm selfish to be... some to do something of nobility, but I'm selfish about it. You try and interrupt it, you'll see me not being a nice person. Mm. You know what I mean? So I'd rather have my energy be like aggressive and to, to do something that's going to help. And that's really, really also been a lot of part of my, my journey with Squatter Camp. It's always been like, um, I sometimes do things that like agitate them for the yeah. greater good over yeah. time. And then over time, they're like, I'm a Shangan. Yes. You understand? Yes. But so, so it's those type of things that sometimes you have to do things that make people uncomfortable but because you know that there's a greater good in the end. So if anyone heard you speak, particularly around this uh, concept of building businesses that you've never seen and uh, taking the risks that you're taking and the willingness to to lose as you build, um, you you start to wonder, and, and there's a lot of confidence around it, right? There's a lot of assertiveness around it. I, I personally start to wonder what kind of financial mistakes are you making as you're building and uh, which one becomes memorable for you? Because I guess all of these mistakes teach you something, right? They, 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 you, you make the mistake, you learn. That's how you, you learn by actually going the opposite direction and then realizing, oh, I should have turned left. And it's financial mistakes for me because those ones are big a lot of the time because they impact not just um, sometimes your, your self-esteem and your ability to do things. They impact your family. They impact other people who are dependent on you. What financial mistake have you made as you've built these businesses that you've never seen? And um, what has that taught you about the process of building businesses that you've never seen? Um, I think it's always been a resource. Staffing, you make a lot of mistakes, you yeah. know. Um, and then also, you know, uh, 
like, yeah, staffing mistakes are the most expensive ones for me, to be quite frank. And um, and it's difficult to find uh, good people, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think those really, if I had to say financial mistakes, that that, that would be it, you know. Um, um, I think if I made mistakes financially, um, any other time was maybe like, because I learned from my mistakes when I was doing the music, yeah. you know. I learned a lot of that, you know. Um, uh, the thing about that was that we were, it was always just like, it's like when you have, um, it's like the books, you know, how do you do the books, you know, mm, when, you have, yeah. when you do the music. It's just general things of like, you know, um, how you contractually like hire people, mm. you know what I mean? Um, it's under- and a contract is a financial document, right? In yeah, a way, it yeah. informs a lot of the financial movements and decisions. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's um, it's um, where do you make your income from? Yeah. You know, um, and um, and and how sustainable is it to have certain resources? And if you can't afford certain resources, can you get them for a few hours? You yeah. know. Um, instead of saying, ah, I just can't afford this, you know. And I mean, if they're good, if those resources are really good, they'll really make use of those hours and give you value. Um, um, and uh, yeah, but I think most things are based, uh, are literally uh, heavily based on people. Um, people literally are the biggest, uh, are the biggest issue. They're a big challenge, but also when you get that right, that's that's the magic, right, of of creating. It is it is the community. Well, I'm going to end our conversation here. I think um, th- what I take away from speaking to you, especially around solving problems with ideas that don't exist yet for potentially a community that um, doesn't know they need them (laughs) that doesn't know they need them that is sometimes not at the forefront of uh, creating solutions you probably will be one of those people who made particular young people that look like you believe that it's possible so good luck with everything I can't wait to see what you're developing because I always know there's something on the pipeline and uh, we'll definitely be rooting for you Shout out in these streets. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining us. This has been The View, brought to you by Zappa Bank.